Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Our series called Why Church. Last week, Cameron uh, was here and he laid a great foundation. He said, before we can really talk about why church is important, we have to talk about what church is. Um, And so if you missed that, he did a fantastic job, as Pastor Cameron does. uh, And you can hear that. It's on the website. You can go to newdaycommunity.org and you can listen to that sermon and lots of other uh, great teachings. If you uh, missed any of the, the teachings throughout September. Um, those are all on there uh, as well. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's been over a month since I've taught, so it's good to be back back up here. So, so we're talking about why church uh, today and specifically why membership matters. And this is important to talk about membership um, because in our culture, right, there's this idea of membership uh, carries with it this idea of what is in it for me. That's the mentality. When I think of, you know, when I'm getting, you know, want to join something, like, well, what is my benefit, right? And that makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm a member at Sam's Club, so, you know, even after Costco opened, I'm still a faithful I'm faithful in my membership to, to Sam's Club. And, uh, and so as a, uh, as a member, I uh, can show my little blue card and I can get in there and I can buy large quantities uh, of things at discount prices. And I'm actually a, uh, I can't remember what they call it, I'm like a premium member. And so I get to shop two hours before all the little people. And so... <laughs> It's pretty, so there's a lot of benefits, right? And so I get some benefit from being a member uh, of Sam's Club, and that fits right into kind of our individualistic culture. You know, what's in it for me? But church membership is different. It's a different concept. And the biblical concept of membership is about being uh, committed to community, right? It's about being part of a community. And what we're going to look at today is that I think that being part of this church community, as the the Bible reveals it, is that we are to be uh, committed and submitted to the community. You know, my Sam's Club membership gets me a lot of of good things, you know, but what it doesn't get me is a community, right? And, you know, if it if I am going through a difficult time, you know, my furnace breaks down, you know, and you, you know, the, the car gets wrecked, or, you know, I'm having issues in my marriage or my kids or whatever, Sam's Club is not going to come and go, hey, Mark, let me walk that out with you, you know? They'll send me some coupons. <laughs> anyway, so, so they're not going to do that. Or say that I am starting to go down a dangerous path, right? I'm hanging out with some people that are kind of a little bit sketchy, Right? Or they notice that, man, Mark, you're staying up late, you're kind of watching some questionable stuff. Nobody's going to, at Sam's Club, is going to be, hey, Mark, are you sure that you're doing all right? You know, how's, how's your walk with the Lord? Sam's Club doesn't care about that, but the church does. Right? The church is there, and I've seen this in my life. I have seen, you know, when Amber and I have gone through difficult circumstances in life, when we're trying to figure something out, or there's a financial situation, man, I've seen the church rally around us. You know, I've seen this church uh, rally around members and, and help them that are going through difficult seasons. You know, I don't know if you guys 
read the exhortation that Pastor Anthony wrote a couple weeks ago, but he talked about how um, after Tori, uh, the administrator up in Kalamazoo at, at Nichols, she, uh, after the baby, she was having a, a difficult time, and she was looking for 50 hours of volunteer help to come and to, to help her and help you know, take care of the baby and take care of the house and all this stuff because she was struggling. And within 45 minutes, 50 hours of volunteer time was, was filled through the church in Kalamazoo. Right? And that, that is the beauty of the church. I had a friend, his name uh, was Jason, that I used to work with before Fox Brothers at Narandex, and he was moving down to Tennessee, and he's not a believer. And I was like, you know what you should do when you get down there because you don't know anybody? You should join a church. He's like, well, I don't believe in Jesus. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. They'll be nice to you. And you can have a community of people. Like, it's beautiful to have community. And so what we're going to look at today is what I think biblical community and church membership looks like. It means, number one, commitment to covenant community. And we're going to see that that is life-changing. That membership matters because submission to spiritual leadership is for your benefit. And third, God uses the church to grow and encourage believers into maturity. All right? Membership is good. So we're going to go through these one at a time. And the first one, commitment to covenant community. God calls us to this. And membership says, it makes this declaration that I am committed to this community. Right? I am not going anywhere. And God does not intend for his people, for any of his creation, to be cut off from others. He doesn't intend for us to move through this present age of sin and corruption and difficulty and death on our own. Actually, come to think of it, uh, he didn't even pre-fall, right? Back in Genesis, Adam is in perfect relationship with God. He's in perfect creation, and God looks at him and says, it is not good that he is alone. You know, he is created. Each one of us created in the image of God is created for community. Now, we even see a beautiful picture of community in the Trinity. Now I'm getting off my notes, dangerously off my notes. The, 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 as we're made in the image of God, God is a Trinity. A lot of us, me included, don't fully understand or we can't get our minds wrapped around this idea of Trinity. But we, what we do know is that there are three persons. There's one essence. There's one God, three persons. One essence, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see them in eternal community with one another. We even see them in submission to one another. Interesting. And so we are called in our community, in our relationships, to be committed and submitted to one another. Right? And the reality is that life now post-fall can be difficult. Is that a surprise? Luke's surprised. <laughs> I never noticed. Uh, and we can all see this, right? We can see it all around us. We can see it all around the world. But we don't need to endure this lonely road alone. I think there's a Green Day song. <laughs> I walk this lonely road. Uh, don't follow Green Day. Follow Jesus. Um, anyway. Um, I used to be a real big Green Day fan. Um, but let's focus here, shall we? Um, 
so we're talking about community. That's what we're talking about. And so Paul, the great apostle, writes to the community uh, in Rome. This is the, the community of faith in Rome. And interestingly, almost all, except for a couple of New Testament letters, were written to communities of people, were written to groups, uh, congregations throughout uh, the, the Middle East there. And so here Paul is writing to the community in Rome, and he says, For each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. He goes on to say, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Right? And so Paul, here as he does in 1 Corinthians 12, he uh, says that the, the church is like a body. Right? Actually, he doesn't say the church is like a body. What he says is that the church is a body, right? and we are all members of one another. We form one body. And last week, Cameron gave this great example right, of somebody you know, getting their the arm cut off, and, and you know, the arm, apart from the body, is just going to wither and die. Right? And in the body, we can survive. We can get by with only one arm, but we are hindered. Right? And the arm separated from the body pretty much can't do anything. Right? And so we belong to one another. And so we should press into and take seriously this covenant community, this commitment to that community. Because there's just like that, you know, that arm shows us that there is no such thing as a rogue Christian. Right? We do not get to choose Christ and not choose his body. Right? We, they, are, they are together. You know, and Jesus is passionate about his body. Being a Christ follower means that you are going to, that you are part of Christ's body. And so each one of us belongs to one another. And then just a few verses later in uh, chapter 12 of the book of Romans, Paul shows the community of Christians it, the, this is what your community relations are going to look like. And this I've taken from the message. It says, so he says, in the midst of your community, this is what it looks like. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. I love that one. That one's hard. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Right? And this is powerful. Like, we should just meditate on this scripture. There's your homework. Just take Romans 12, 9 to 16 in your favorite translation and just read it and think, how do I apply this to my life? You know, how do I make my part in the local body look like this? 
right? And we know that that uh, that Paul is talking about long-standing, committed relationships, right? He talks about be good friends, right? And being a good friend, it takes time and it takes intimacy. It means kind of showing your junk, right? And somebody being able to say, "Hey, you know, that's that's not very good, you know? What's up with that? Stop being mean to your wife, you know? Practice playing second fiddle. You can only do that." When you're in community, right? If you're just blowing through town, like you're not sec- you're not second fiddle to anybody. Okay? He says, don't quit in hard times. Paul expects that there is going to be difficulty. So, spoiler alert: the church is made up of post-fall human beings, and so there's a chance that there is going to be difficulty. There's a chance that there's going to be offense. There is a chance that somebody is going to annoy you, that you're going to be irritated by somebody, right? And, but Paul expects this, and this is why he says, if we looked at this verse in the NIV, he says to them, uh, cling to what is good. You know, when your brother offends you, when he's doing something, you know, cling to, you know, you know what's good is unity. And, you know, he's a, he, you know, Jesus loves this guy. You know, he, Jesus wants to, wants me to love this guy, or, you know, like, there's probably something good about him. Like, we're going to cling to what is good, right? He says, be devoted to one another. I am devoted to the body of Christ. I'm devoted to this, this body. I'm going to walk through it when things are good, when things are bad. I am in it for the long haul. What else does he say? He says, live in harmony with one another. So yes, we should pursue. We can't just go, well, we have to live in harmony with one another so I can be a jerk. No, let's, let's try to be nice. But when somebody's not nice, pursue harmony and forgive them. You know, and so living in community can be difficult. And recently, I've been going back and forth on whether I should share this or not. I'm going, I'm saying yes. Too late now. There you go. Amber looks downcast. She has no idea. So yesterday, Amber did... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So... Uh, <laughs> Recently, uh, at, at work, at, at church, I had to take Anthony uh, aside and say, hey, Anthony, can we, we talk? And I had to repent to him. Um, you see, we, uh, as we, you know, we're looking, we're called to pursue unity and pursue community. The problem is, I was super jealous of him. Like, Anthony, he was here last week, he was leading worship last week. He has great hair. He's real strong. He's one of the greatest communicators I've ever met. He is, he is, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. And I was just like, oh, there was like something nasty inside of me. Like, oh, he's going to take my place. Or like, people like him better than me. Like this junk, just this junk. And it was like, and so I was not rejoicing in Anthony's successes, right? I was, I, it was, this sounds way worse when I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> And, and I love him, and I am so committed to, uh, to community, and I'm so committed to my relationship with Anthony, you know, that I wasn't willing to allow this wall of division, you know, exist in our lives, right? Because I value that relationship. I, I value unity in the church too much to allow that to, to, to happen. So I took him out, and we just walked on the trail behind the church, and I'm like, you oh, know Anthony, I'm sorry. I repent. You know, this is what I've been thinking. You know, and blah, and he's like, oh, he's like, 
he was super sweet about it. It was great. And so we're, we're restored. Yay. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, unity as a, as a local body, it needs to be of our utmost importance, right? We cannot allow any sort of wall of division to come up. We can't just go, well, I just don't like that person, so I'm going to avoid them. Right? If there's something that you're not, feel, you're not living out Romans 12, 9 through 16 towards an individual in the body of the church, in, you know, in our context at New Day Vandalia, right? you need to go to them and go, hey, let's, can we talk about this? You have a real irritating voice. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's nobody here. Anywhere. That's nobody anywhere. Um, and so, and so we need to pursue that. You know, if there's something, there's somebody that we have a disagreement with, we need to, you know, do everything we can to run to that relationship and repair that, right, before we move on. Because unity in the church is incredibly important. All right. Um, and Jesus says that in John 17. He wants us to be one in unity so that the world may believe, right? And so my disunity with Anthony was somehow, in some weird way, causing division in the church, which means it was tarnishing our expression, our, our proclamation of, of Jesus Christ. I don't know how that works, but that's what the Bible says. So I don't want anything to get in the way of that. And so we deal with it, even if it's not a fun conversation. Right, and I'm certainly not saying that there is no good reason to leave the community. We have wonderful people leave for great reasons all the time. Even sweet, sweet Jamie Cross, who <laughs> went, to, went to California. I don't know why. Uh, no, I, and, but it, was not, it wasn't just like, I'm going to California. Right? It was like he thought about it and prayed about it, and he talked to me about it. He talked to Cameron about it. Like, this is what we're thinking. You know, it was, and so what I'm saying is, it's okay to leave the community, but it's not a thing to be taken lightly. Okay? Um, so, moving along. So the second reason that membership matters is the value of submission to spiritual leadership. Ooh. Membership says that I choose and commit to the spiritual leadership of that body. All right? I talked about submission a couple months ago. It was super fun. Uh, Hebrews 13 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. This is an important verse in, in the Bible, right? There is something in us, though, that just does not like the idea of authority, right? We do not like the idea of submitting to somebody else's authority, right? But the reality is, and as this verse shows, and the, the whole story of, of the Bible shows, that, that leadership is an indispensable resource in our lives if we want to flourish, if we want to step into the full, abundant life that God has for us. And so, just as an aside before we get into the importance of submission, yay, uh, the purpose of biblical leadership and authority is not to kind of achieve or for the, the leader to, to grasp onto power and prestige, right? That is not the goal. But biblical leadership and authority is for the benefit of those who... Uh, uh, that are under that leader. You know, it's our passion to see that person thrive, 
right? As a, as a pastor of New Day, you know, my goal is not to be the king of my own little kingdom, right? Not, my goal is not to be the, the person in the spotlight, right? But what I want to do is I want to see all of the, the members of the church, I want to see all of you guys grow into spiritual maturity, to have the best relationship that you can with God, to, to, to understand and grow in, in your walk of, of faith. Right? I want I, Seth Ger- I don't know if Seth Gerber, who now lives, used to be a part of the church, now is, well, he's still on the board, so he's part of the church, um, but now lives in Bethel with Jamie. Interesting. Um, uh, so Seth would say, I, you know, I want my ceiling to be your floor. You know, and it was just this beautiful idea, right, of like, you know, I want to go as far as I can. And then as I am called to disciple and to train people up, I want them to far outshine me. I want them to go further than I've ever been able to do. I want them to see them succeed in greater levels than I've ever been able to succeed. Right? And that is our heart as the leadership at New Day, is to see the church thrive and grow. Because biblical leadership is servant leadership. We are called to follow Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate leader. Right? And he laid his life down for others. And so we, as leaders and as followers, we all lay our lives down. But there's kind of a different level uh, on the leadership. So in Hebrews 13 here, it tells us two things regarding those in leadership. Uh, that we are to have confidence in them, and we are to submit to them. And confidence is so important. You know, I, and I think I just told this story uh Recently, probably when I was talking about submission, I don't know. I have no, I have so much confidence in Cameron. Uh, Pastor Cameron is amazing. I love him. I actually love uh, being submitted to Pastor Cameron. I know how much he loves me. I know that he wants to uh, see me become the best that I can be. And I, I just know this is true from conversations we have, things he's told me, you know, and as we've, you know, worked together and done life together for many, many years. And so when he corrects me, which he does sometimes, and when he tells me something that's difficult for me to hear, or when he asks me to do something that I find is annoying, right? I know that he's not doing it because he's just trying to feed his ego, right? But his heart is to see me grow. He wants to see the best out of me. And ultimately, he wants to see the best for the church. And so when he's asking me to do something, or somebody else you know, on the leadership team, or somebody else in the church, we can have confidence that Cameron's heart is not for his own little glory or his own little kingdom, but is for the good of the church. So confidence is super important. You have to be able to have confidence in your leadership. And so I encourage you to talk to them. I'm pretty approachable. I am. Luke will not stop talking. I'm sorry. I've got to stop picking on Luke. I'm going to look away from Luke. Um, uh, <laughs> But if you can't uh, put your confidence in your leadership, then you should really just go somewhere where you can, right? Because I would rather have you, you know, in a healthy relationship with the spiritual authority in your life than coming here, right? I do want you to be here. I really do. So, and we also are called to submit to our leaders, all right? Leaders have this incredibly important role in the community of believers, uh, especially here we're looking at Hebrews 13, 17. It says that they are to keep watch over the body, all right? And 
And that is a little Greek word um, that is translated keep watch. And if you look that up, it can mean two different things. It can mean to be vigilant in awareness of threatening peril. Right? To be vigilant in awareness. That is what leadership is called to do. We are looking at, you know, just kind of picture the idea of that, that shepherd that is guarding the flock and he's protecting, you know, from wolves that are coming to, to attack the sheep. He's vigilant. The, the sheep don't care. They're just like eating their grass. They're happy. Isn't it weird that Jesus called the church sheep? Offensive. <laughs> Offensive, Jesus. All right. And it's, it can also mean to be a alertly concerned about, oh, what's going, what's going on? Hey, what's going on with that family? What's going on over here? We are concerned about what happens to, to the people that are members of the church. Right? And Peter O'Brien, who is this great uh, Greek scholar, he translates um, this word, kept watch, to, as to go sleepless. Right? And that's the idea, like, the, the leadership is called to lay down their own rights and their own, you know, desires for the sake of the congregation. That's what leadership is called to do. And it's the leader's role. And it is going to demand an account when Jesus returns. Right? This is not just a light thing. Like Cameron was, when, when I was like, Cameron, I, I think I want to go into full-time vocational ministry. And he didn't say no, but he was like, all right, well, let me start with the warnings about why you should take this really seriously before you jump into it. And this is one of those things, right? I am going to have to give an account for how I have led and kept watch over this congregation. And as we look throughout the book of Hebrews, really throughout the whole scripture, obviously it teaches that each of us as an individual has a responsibility right, to be watchful against sin and bitterness and to care for each other. But leaders, we see, right, have this special God-given responsibility to do this. And as Christ followers, as part of a church, we are called to submit to that leadership, according to Hebrews 13 and 17, for our own good. Right? The, the leadership watching out for us, helping us grow, helping us learn and thrive as we submit to them. Right? And then if we do that, if we submit to that leadership, we benefit from that. We get to grow in our walk with Christ. We get to become more mature followers of God. Right? And so you need to be able to submit to your leadership. And again, if you cannot submit to the leadership where you're at, then I encourage you to go somewhere where you can have confidence in your leadership enough to submit to them. Right? And if you can't go anywhere and submit to your pastor, you probably have a problem. Um, and you should deal with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's not in my notes. Oh, goodness. Um, moving on. Third... Uh, the third reason that membership is important is, and that commitment to covenant community is important, the reason that submission to spiritual authority is important, because God uses the church as a tool of growth and encouragement. Right? Membership matters because this is one of the most powerful ways in which God helps us to grow as, as uh, followers of Christ. Right? There's this reality that people help people grow. People help people grow. Just remember that. You can't do it on your own. You can't get as far alone as you can with other people rallying around you. 
Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Right? And so we come together. And sometimes, you know, as, as we come together in relationships, in friendships, you know, in discipler, disciple kind of relationships, there's some tough stuff that gets uh, dug up, right? And, and that stuff has to get dealt with and, and, dis- and killed, right? So that you can be sharp, right? We've got to get rid of the junk. And it's not always easy, but it's so good. And then in Proverbs 13.20, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Right? And again, we see that when we do life with the right people, right, we are growing and thriving. So this is super important. One of the things I love to do in, at Kalamazoo is I teach the discipleship track series up there, and that's kind of our core our class that teaches the core doctrines and the core values uh, of the church. And it's usually it's a pretty small group, so it's like me and 8, 10, 12 people. And so we just sit down and we kind of discuss these ideas and theology. Oh, let's talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, let's, let's talk about the Trinity. And it's great doing theology together, right, because you get other people's viewpoints. And you people almost, maybe, maybe not every week, but almost every class, there's somebody that just comes in and is like, that, man, Mark, that's not how I see it at all. Like, oh, I, I see, you know, Jesus' atonement working like this. I'm like, oh, man, I've never really thought about it like that. Let me, no, let me think about that. And we, we, we dialogue about it, and we both grow. And I'm like, oh, actually, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't think about this side of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. But there's been times where I'm like, oh, you're right. Man, yeah, I missed it. Yeah, thank you so much. And that is the beauty, right, of doing life together. You know, you know, Cameron and I or Anthony, you know, we're not like these people that sit in ivory towers with our books and our pipes and our jackets with leather patches on the side, right? You know, dispensing wisdom. We're just part, of, we're all learning. We're all in the process of learning and growing together. Yeah, maybe we've been doing it a little bit longer than some people. Maybe we've got a little bit of training that, that helps, but man, it doesn't, you know, doesn't make us experts. We're all just walking through this together and learning, you know, and so I love, I love doing theology in, with groups of people. It's so much fun. And, and another, another way that, that God used community to, to help me grow is I used to go to school with Pastor Anthony. We went through our whole undergrad program we did together and the second half of that, the last 18 months, we would drive to Grand Rapids for an hour, go to class, and then drive back for an hour. And I tell you what, those hour-long two hours of conversation, as we would discuss the books or we would discuss what we were talking about in class, a lot of times I learned more, you know, just like dialoguing with Anthony there than I did in the class, you know? And so doing life and talking and communicating with people is so important. I meet with Bill Menser once a week. It was less in the summertime. But we try to meet once a week, and, and he asks me tough questions. You know? That, and I, I mean, I guess I could lie. <laughs> I don't, though, because I'm committed to that relationship. And he helps me grow, and I ask him tough questions. Like, oh, man, how's it going? How's it going with your wife? You know, how's, you know, how's things? How's, how's your relationship with your kids? Like, these are questions that somebody needs to ask. Right? Because we don't want to kind of slightly drift away, and all of a sudden we realize, oh man, I haven't talked to my wife in six months. Right? Oh man, we haven't had sex in a year. That's awkward. You know, it's like, like that, 
but if we have somebody, you know, asking us tough questions, you know, it's like, hey, how's your how's your marriage? How's your kids? Are you reading your Bible? Oh, when was the last time you prayed? Like, it helps me to to grow. I have somebody that I am accountable to, and so this this idea that people help people grow, we just need to to lock that into our brains, and that means really truly being part of a local community. And what I mean by being really being part is that you really know people and that you are really known by people. It means that we have to be vulnerable. It means that we have to kind of take off maybe that Christian mask where, oh, everything's perfect, everything's fine, right? Put the smiles on, you know, have the kids tuck their shirts in or whatever. Um, it's probably not a big deal anymore. Anyway, um, so we want to really know people and really be known, right? And, the, and that is going to bring us into greater levels of intimacy, which is going to help us to grow more and more in, in our Christian walk and to have a more flourishing, life-giving uh, path on this side of eternity as we look forward to Jesus coming back. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... So, membership matters because God has called us to commitment to covenant community. Membership matters because God has called us to be in submission to our spiritual leadership. And God uses these things to help us grow and mature as believers.